All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of the albumreview.net podcast. I'm Greg Potters. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached our 50th episode. Thanks to all you listeners out there for your interaction and feedback. Your feedback is much appreciated and it helps me to always improve. I spoke in my previous episode about the fact that in the last 100 years, there have really been two decades that have introduced new music that changed the landscape, really in its entirety, the 1960s and the 1990s. I discussed 90s music in my last episode, episode number 49, which was my interview with Jack Adamant. And for episode number 50, it can only be fitting to go back and discuss the music from the 1960s, the music that began the revolution. For today's episode, I'll be reviewing one of my favorite albums, Deja Vu by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which was released, sorry, I'm not going to say dropped. It was released in 1970, and like my Beatles Revolver review, I'll be talking about the 2021 remix and re-release of Deja Vu. The reissued box set of Deja Vu includes four CDs and one vinyl LP containing 38 bonus tracks, delivering nearly two and a half hours of music that includes demos, outtakes, and alternate takes, most of which, 29 to be specific, are previously unreleased. Remember, you can read my reviews and listen to any of my podcast episodes by going to albumreview.net. These episodes can also be heard wherever podcasts are available. Please follow my podcast on your preferred platform so you can get regular updates on new episodes. Also, if you guys would be so kind as to pop a quick review or rate the podcast, that helps move the needle and get the word out there. In addition to listening, you can read over 45 written reviews at albumreview.net and pick up merchandise from your favorite bands. I also have the bookstore where you can pick up music autobiographies in addition to the many books of published authors that I've had here on the show. So go check it out. When you're visiting albumreview.net, be sure to check out the store. I've got a wide variety of items for purchase in the store. You can pick yourself up some items such as trucker hats, t-shirts, several of your favorite albums, home sound systems, and books that I've read and highly recommend. This includes my favorite book, The 4-Hour Workweek, The War of Art, a Stephen Pressfield masterpiece. The 4-Hour Workweek is Timothy Ferris. Um, I have also books from authors I've had on the show, which I just mentioned, Andy Fry, Brian O'Connor, Kyle Hegarty, Ivan Bodley. You can also find several autobiographies like I just mentioned. I've got Biographies and autobiographies from artists such as Tom Petty, Slash, Sammy Hagar, Anthony Kiedis, Jeff Buckley, Talking Heads, Pink Floyd, Faith No More, Guns N' Roses, and many, many others. So go check it out in the store at albumreview.net. Wait until you hear these musical clips and studio outtakes coming up in this bittersweet, heartfelt review of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young's Deja Vu. Enjoy. First one right after them. 
If I had ever been here before, I would probably know just what to do. If I had ever been here before on another time around the wheel, I would probably know just how to deal with all of you. And I feel like I've been. Due to the recent death of David Crosby on January 18th, 2023, I'm fast forwarding my intent to share what Deja Vu by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young means to me. It's been on my list to discuss for several months now, and this album extracts so much emotion. And it's with a heavy heart that I review this now, not long after Crosby's passing. So there are revolutions every 10 to 20 years. Such examples include the American Revolution, the Industrial Revolution, the Technology Revolution, the Women's Rights Movement, the Equal Rights Movement, the Revolution Against the Vietnam War, and so on. Without a doubt, the chief musical revolution took place in the 1960s. Motivated by the United States' involvement in the war in Vietnam, a divide quickly erupted between those who were in favor and those who were not. So I feel like I lived during this time, you guys, even though I didn't. It's, it's hard for me to explain. Perhaps it's the hours of films that I've watched or the books that I've read. It could be the stories I've heard from my parents. I don't know, man. Can you imagine being called to duty. Can you imagine being drafted during that time? I presume for someone concerned about the spread of communism in the 1960s, he considered serving as his duty. Don't get me wrong, I I admire patriotism. My arms right now are forming goosebumps when I even think about the people who fought and died for our country. They fought and died for our country so that I can watch a documentary relaxing on my couch with an IPA in hand, and I don't have to think about someone storming through my front door, killing me and taking away my family. The 1960s and the Vietnam War were unlike any period in the last 100 years. The anti-war movement was wide and strong. And if you've ever seen Ken Burns' Vietnam War documentary, I've been in this ridiculous Ken Burns phase lately. (laughs) If you've ever seen his Vietnam documentary, you'd be sickened by what the United States government kept quiet during that time. They kept things quiet to ensure they could get widespread support for its involvement in the war. Now, it's important to mention again, I mean no disrespect to the men and women who risked or gave their lives during this war. You are my heroes. I owe you my heart and my soul. But the injustice that was brought forth by the United States government during this period sparked heartbreak and outrage that was fueled heavily by the music of this time. And the point that I'm trying to get is, 
Rock and roll music was out at the front of the line for this, leading the charge and mass protest of the war. And there wasn't any band who held that torch higher than Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. So on March 11th, 1970, David Crosby, Stephen Stills, Graham Nash, and Neil Young, otherwise known as Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, released their second album titled Deja Vu. Recorded in Los Angeles and San Francisco between July 1969 and January 1970, it was produced by Wally Heider and released on the Atlantic Records label. Dallas Taylor, a session drummer, and Greg Reeves, a friend and bass player, would also play on the album, respectively. The album would include other guest musicians, including Grateful Dead leader Jerry Garcia, who played pedal steel guitar on Teach Your Children. 51 years later, in May of 2021, Rhino Entertainment Company remixed and re-released the album. And like my Beatles Revolver remix review, the reissued box set of Deja Vu includes four CDs and one vinyl LP containing 38 bonus tracks delivering nearly two and a half hours of music that includes demos, outtakes, and alternate takes. Most of which, 29 of these to be specific, are previously unreleased. What can I say about this re-release? Where do I begin? I, I don't know. I say this in every review, I know, but I'm, I'm gonna say it again and even raise the stakes here. This is one of the best reissues of a classic record I have ever heard. It is tear-jerking, it is poignant, innovative, and revolutionary, and provides additional evidence into why this band and its four members were in the front of the line during the 60s music revolution. So as a follow-up to their debut album, simply titled Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Deja Vu was the band's first studio collaboration with Neil Young who formally joined Stephen Stills in Buffalo Springfield before moving on to a new project of his own. It was Buffalo Springfield who released what is to this day, I think the rallying cry for the opposition to the Vietnam War. That is Stephen Stills' masterpiece, the song For What It's Worth. There's something happening here but What it is ain't exactly clear there's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down If you're wondering if you've ever heard it, you have. <laughs> All four members arrived in the studio with buckets of new materials. Buckets! As a result, this is truly a collaborative album from four musical, really musical powerhouses. Stills and Young came from Buffalo Springfield, Crosby came from The Birds, and Graham Nash came from The Hollies. And what's challenging for me is determining whether their individual performances, which you can hear in the solo outtakes, were fiercer than their combinations. When asked which rock and roll band had the greatest vocal harmonization, Crosby, Stills, Nash, yes, and Young are at the top of the mountain for me. I would put the Beach Boys at second. 
What? Don't agree? Okay. Write to me and tell me your pick. Otherwise, listen to this album and sit down. I cannot recall how many times I've listened to Deja Vu. 60? Uh, maybe 70? You won't find an average or even below average song on this record. Every track exceeds expectations. In addition to the steady track listing, including songs like Teach Your Children, Almost Cut My Hair, Helpless, Woodstock, Our House, 4 and 20, and others, guys, it's the bonus tracks that I need to share with you today. The album's opening track, Carry On, gives you the galloping acoustic guitar riff you've heard a million times followed by the thumping bass and the band's four voices harmonizing to make the perfect chord. One morning I woke up and I knew it all. A new day, a new way, and new eyes to see the world. Go your way, I'll go mine, The sky is clearing, and the night. It's rocking, it's directive. Eventually, the entire tempo changes and you really get a sense for their vocal alliance. The song ultimately picks back up 
into a grooving rock and roll song with a blues guitar solo. This is just music perfection at its best. It really, really is. So the original counterculture's message, I think, lingers in the song Almost Cut My Hair. Cut my hair It was just the other day It was, it was getting kind of long I could have said it was in my way but I didn't, and I wonder why. I'm going to let my freak flag fly. You know David Crosby gives a vocal performance for the ages. So strip down this song, take out the electrical instruments and the drums, and you have the clearest of clear messages. This is David's letter to the revolution. When he sings, I owe it to someone, he's singing to the men and women who were affected by the same dishonesty coming from the U.S. government, and he owes it to the soldiers who fought. It's us against them, he's saying. Almost cut my hair in the song he says, happened just the other day, but it didn't and I wonder why. I'm going to let my freak flag fly. I love that. <laughs> if you want to break down and cry immediately, place the needle on Graham Nash's right between the eyes. In the song he sings, quote, a man's a man who looks a man right between the eyes. End quote. From out of young skies, a man's a man who looks a man right between the eyes. And the pain that we could bring to him, I don't think he could beat. Please don't ask me how I know I've just been up that street And all the people living there Have been silenced by their own lies A man's a man who looks a man Right between the Oh 
wasn't real But the age of truth will soon appear Aquarius arrives A man's a man who looks a man Right between the eyes These words blaze a trail right through the artificiality and the messages the public were receiving from the government at that time. I get incredibly emotional when I hear this song, not because I not because I lived during the revolution, but I tie my own meaning to it. The track inspires me to honor honesty and always live by the notion that the people that I love in this world deserve nothing but my honesty 24 hours a day. Graham Nash said that this song is a confession to a friend. And it never appeared on a studio album. It was, uh, it was actually released on the band's 1971 live album, Four Way Street, which was recorded on their tour in 1970. The song How Have You Been is another tear-jerking, knee-buckling track that resumes the formula. And how have you been, my darling children? While I have been away in the West Though you are strangers, I feel like I know you By the way that you treat me and offer to feed me and eagerly ask if I'll stay for a rest And sit yourselves down in a pile before me I wish I had presents for each of your smiles But I have been traveling not much to carry Just a broken guitar case With tape on the sides To hold up a few signs To help me get right And here is a strange European guitar on the floor of a club in Marseille It's fat for the third string It's skinny for the fourth string But I kept it in hopes I might need it someday It's funny how people just keep things that way You can choose to listen to the lyrics and connect with them. You can let the guitar and the harmonization take you up into the clouds, never to be seen again as you float away into eternal peace. Written by fellow musician and revolutionary colleague, this guy John Sebastian. If you've seen the Woodstock movie, you definitely know who he is. Hell, if you've listened to music from the 60s, you know who John Sebastian is. The track 
How Have You Been is a lullaby and a thank you to people who welcomed John despite what city he walked through during his long trip, traveling the world in search of eternal peace. Some words for the song include, quote, and how have you been, my darling children? While I have been away in the West, though you are strangers, I feel like I know you by the way that you treat me and offer to feed me and eagerly ask if I'll stay for a rest. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young did a ton of cover songs during their day, and this one was beyond exceptional. And how have you But no question, my favorite track on this album is David Crosby's demo outtake of his song called Laughing. It'll be hard for me to form many words for this one. Just listen to what he created all by himself. of a shadow
was mistaken Only a child Like Right Between the Eyes and How Have You Been, this song Laughing was not a part of Deja Vu. Crosby released it a year later on his first solo album, 1971's If I Could Only Remember My Name. In that version of Laughing, it's electrified. Not the solo acoustic edition that's included on the 2021 reissue. It's still astonishing but the power that this reissue, this version brings, just David and his guitar, it's uncontested. It's likely Crosby's songwriting was influenced by the pain and suffering he experienced after the death of his girlfriend, Christine Hinton, in a 1969 car accident. David said during this time, he felt safe doing a lot of drugs and spending time in the studio just writing and recording. I'm Greg Potters with albumreview.net. Are you looking to start your own podcast? I can save you a ton of time and money by helping you launch, publish, and grow your podcast. So this includes things like finding the equipment, the software, and tips and tricks that are gonna be right for you and your budget. Also, if you're looking for things like editors, designers, or you just wanna find out what the best platform to use is, that's what I do. So you can find me at albumreview.net or message me directly at gpotters at albumreview.net. Deja Vu's success contributed to the achievement of the four albums released by each of the members soon thereafter. They include Neil Young's After the Gold Rush, Say You Later. That came out in 1970. Stills' self-titled debut in 1970. Crosby's If I Could Only Remember My Name. And Graham Nash's Songs for Beginners. Bam! 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 Including Deja Vu, this was a one, two, three, four punch. Bam. I can remember floating on my friend Art Sable's boat on Keuka Lake in Hammondsport, New York in the summer of 1999. A lot happened that summer. It was my first foray into the real world. 
I had just graduated college and I was hopeful for my future. But if I'm honest, I was also nervous as hell. What was the future going to bring me? That summer, a lot of other things happened as well. JFK Jr. and his wife Caroline Kennedy died in a tragic plane crash. The groundbreaking film, The Blair Witch Project, it was released to critical acclaim. I can remember after I saw it for about a week thinking it was a true documentary as opposed to a fictitious tale. That scene at the end, man. You gotta see it if you haven't. The phone area code in my hometown changed that summer. That was a big deal for me. Columbine, the very first mass school shooting, a sensational tragedy, took place only a few months before the summer in May, sparking copycat school shootings throughout the world. Woodstock 99, an insult to what I believed American culture had matured to become, that took place on an airstrip not far from my tiny apartment I was staying in in western upstate New York. And also that summer, my grandfather, the son of a first-generation immigrant from my chain of the Potter's family to arrive in the United States from Europe, died after complaining of chest pain at the breakfast table. He was 79, and when I got the call from my dad telling me the news, I was heartbroken. With a heavy heart, I can remember looking out onto the hills of Keuka Lake where the grapes were harvested and wine was made, listening to the song 4 and 20 on this album, Deja Vu. I was listening to 4 and 20 on Art's stereo that was connected to his boat. This was the beginning of my love affair with the band Crosby, Stills & Nash and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Perhaps quite later than many reading or hearing this review right now, but you know, it's never too late to have your life changed by music. I can recall the afternoon sunlight reflecting off the wake and the feeling of calm that reverberated through my body as I listened to the lyrics of Stephen Stills's 4 and 20. For a time, while I floated on that vessel, the song eased my pain and sadness until it was time to go to work at the restaurant. Why am I so Is my woman can I bring her home? Have I driven her away? Is she gone? Morning comes the sunrise and I'm driven to my bed. I see that it is empty and there's devils in my head I embrace the many-colored beast I grow weary of the torment can there be no peace and I find myself just wishing that my life would simply cease I mustn't neglect some of Neil Young's songs he contributed to this album Helpless, Country Girl, and Everybody I Love You. Of course, the band 
would also choose to record a cover of Joni Mitchell's Woodstock, which, like most other Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young songs, was a large part of the 60s music revolution. If you've ever seen the Woodstock concert movie, I believe it, it opens up with Woodstock. A slightly altered version of Helpless was released years later in 2009 on Neil's album Archives, Volume 1, 1963 to 1972. The song Country Girl, which combined two Buffalo Springfield tracks, Down, 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 and the song Whiskey Boot Hill, joined Helpless on Neil's Archives album. But to producers, assistants, and the band members themselves, the atmosphere during the recording of Deja Vu was different from the first album which was recorded while the band members were in outside romantic relationships. For the second record, the mood was dark. As each of those relationships had broken up, and as I previously mentioned, Crosby's girlfriend died in a car crash. This was also the beginning of a long, on-again, off-again rift between band members, mostly between Young and the other three. The band criticized each other's musical roles, causing a lot of hostility. In one instance, Crosby and Stills bickered back and forth regarding whether to leave the song Almost Cut My Hair on the record or not. Having written the song, Crosby of course was in favor, but Stills thought the vocal sucked. <laughs> Amazing. Another concern was Young's unwillingness to join the band in the studio in San Francisco during most of these recording sessions. Instead, he recorded his tracks in LA and had them shipped up north for Crosby, Stills, and Nash to finish the rest. Now, I was lucky enough to see Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young during a reunion tour in March of the year 2000. The venue was the old Charlotte Coliseum in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was living down there at the time. And that night, the four members reunited to play a total of 29 friggin' songs, including two encores. I had crossed that one off my bucket list, man, and I can remember leaving the venue after the show feeling like I had just visited heaven, or at least, at least my childhood vision of it. But despite the reunion, the four members would continue having issues over the next several decades. In 2015, Graham Nash told a local periodical that CSN would never play together again, primarily because of his falling out with David Crosby. But in 2016, Neil Young told Rolling Stone magazine he wouldn't rule out another reunion. He said it again in 2017, but a major incident that divided Crosby and Young was in 2014 when Crosby called Young's girlfriend, actress Daryl Hannah, a purely poisonous predator. What? I couldn't figure out why he said that. But Crosby later apologized in an interview with Howard Stern, which I can remember listening to live. And by 2021, signs began to point towards a possible reconciliation. Although no major talk of a reunion existed, the four members were at least praising each other to the media. 
Sadly, on January 18th, 2023, David Crosby died at the age 81, ending any further reunion talk with all four members. Because David's health had been failing slowly for years, he commented often he believed he was, quote, probably going to die very soon, end quote. His funeral on his own horse ranch in Santa Inez, California, was planned at least three years prior. And Crosby noted he had hoped by then he would have resolved his issues with his former birds and CSNY bandmates so that they would attend. A statement from Crosby's family said that he died, quote, after a long illness, end quote. Some friends had disagreed and noted David died suddenly in his sleep. Many also attributed his death to complications from COVID-19. But either way, after his death, Neil Young, perhaps the person who quarreled with Crosby the most, made a moving statement that summed everything up. He said, quote, David is gone, but his music lives on. The soul of CSNY, David's voice and energy were at the heart of our band. His great songs stood for what we believed in, and it was always fun and exciting when we got to play together. Almost Cut My Hair, Deja Vu, and so many other great songs he wrote were wonderful to jam on. And Stills and I had a blast as he kept us going on and on. His singing with Graham was so memorable, their duo, spot a highlight of so many of our shows. We had so many great times, especially in the early years. Crosby was a very supportive friend in my early life as we bit off big pieces of our experience together. David was the catalyst of many things. My heart goes out to Jan and Django, his wife and son. Lots of love to you. Thanks, David, for your spirit and songs. Love you, man. I remember the best times. End quote. Deja Vu would make it to number 11 on the Billboard charts in 1970. In 2003, Rolling Stone magazine would put Deja Vu at number 148 on their 500 greatest albums of all times list. 
In 2020, a revised edition of the list was released, dropping it back to number 220. I'd like to see which albums released since 03 would justify dropping it back this far, but either way, this also may be a testament to how many amazing albums exist today, more than we can get our hands or ears on. So if you're going to invest in a new record or a new set of recordings, I strongly suggest getting the remastered, remixed 2021 edition. No, it's not the original, but it includes a remixed Deja Vu, plus the 38 bonus tracks that I feel outweigh the first. Whichever you choose, if you choose to own at least one, you will own a piece of history. Thanks for listening to episode number 50. We made it. What a milestone. Seriously, guys. Thanks for listening to this review of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young's 1970 work of art, Deja Vu. Man, it's, it's been a long journey. Listen, I know I don't turn out episodes every week. Hell, I've just reached 50 in a little over two years of doing this. My first album review was released in April of 2020 and the first podcast episode in December 2020, so we've come a long way. The reason I don't whip out 80 episodes a week is because I want to put some honest, thought-out time and effort into doing the research, doing the reading, and prepping for these reviews and not just coming on here and going, yeah, dude, I think this is cool. As I've stated many times in multiple episodes... Back in 2020, I had this idea to share my thoughts and experiences on some of the greatest music albums out there. I wanted to write album reviews that were different from any other album review sites. I wanted to invoke passion in the reader, and I want them to either agree, disagree, or be curious enough to have a new experience. Unlike other music review websites which are objective, I feel the best music review sites tell a story, not only about the album, but about the person reviewing the album and how it influenced them. Guys, music is the greatest thing on this planet. It can heal the most broken hearts, it can give confidence to those in need, and it can bring us all closer together to one common goal. Okay, enough of that. So shifting gears a little bit, if you're interested in any of the books or albums I've discussed in this episode or previous episodes, go to albumreview.net and pick up a copy of your own. Listen to all my podcast album reviews at albumreview.net by clicking on the podcast tab. They can also be heard wherever podcasts are available. 
Please follow the show on your preferred platform so you can get regular updates on new episodes. Also, if you guys would be so kind as to pop a quick review or rate the podcast, that helps move the needle and get the word out there. I do want to hear from you guys, so please email me your feedback, album review requests, and questions you might have to gpotters at albumreview.net. I'll do it again. That's G-P-O-T-T-E-R-S at albumreview.net. If you'd like to get regular updates on reviews, interviews, product, and music news, go to the homepage and join the mailing list. Visit our YouTube page and stay tuned for updates on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. TikTok. You can find me at Album Review Net. Thank you again, guys, for listening to episode number 50. Can't wait to churn out another 50. We'll see you at number 51, and we'll see you in the future when we reach 100. Au revoir. trip down by the highway take a 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 trip down by